This is episode 59. In this episode, you'll meet Teresa Quintero, the creator and owner of Rising Monarchs, stickers that speak to your soul. She shares how she comes from a vendor family and how she's now all on her own, making a living doing what she loves. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos! It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. So welcome everybody to another episode of Relate and Elevate. Um, I have someone here who I'm excited that she's going to share her journey with us. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Teresa. I'm the owner of Rising Monarch. Um, stickers mostly. <laughs> yeah really cool stickers and other stuff too but um before you before we get into talking about rising monarchs let's get to know you better um so i have a few questions here what is your favorite food i love chinese food like chinese food like i I could eat chinese food every day all day like breakfast lunch and dinner (laughs) like what like what dishes are your favorite like anything or i really like dim sum Ooh. a breakfasty thing and there's like this um dim sum that's it's like crunchy and it's wrapped in like a rice noodle and it's mm-hmm. really good and then you just put like soy sauce on it like me and my friends used to go get dim sum in the morning all the time and when i was in high school me and my friend decided to skip school one day and we passed mm-hmm. in chinatown and i was like oh that restaurant like it looks really cool we should go eat there and she was like no that's expensive let's just go get boba and then next thing we know, Obama was at that restaurant eating. So I was like, a girl, Obama is here. I could, we could have been eating dim sum next to Obama. Oh when you want and go down the street to get boba. <laughs> so we, like, we were outside and we saw like his cars pass by. And I was like, I knew it. Like that restaurant, like it was calling me. <laughs> yeah. Note to self, always listen to Teresa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cool uh what's your favorite color um I don't really have like a favorite color I feel like it really depends like when it comes to like clothes I think red looks really good on me but like accessories Mm -hmm. like I like pink and like colorful stuff and like yellow but like Mm -hmm. bed and like furniture I like really like simple like white and grays and black Yeah, so it just depends where <laughs> where you want to put the color. <laughs> yeah. What's the most recent book you've read? Um, I read this um book called Ugly. So it's like this like teen series, and it's about like a futuristic society where people are um like when they're little they live with their parents, and then they get sent to like to live like in a dorm with other kids, and they're told like you're ugly, so you're. It, become a teenager you're gonna get plastic surgery and become a pretty and then you move on to like a different stage in your life someone posted it on twitter and they were like this book like it looks like what influencer culture looks like now 
like mm. so I, I started reading and in, in, in the book is this girl who she's so excited to become pretty and then she meets a girl who's like who's not about it and she's like nah like I'm gonna rebel against this because like it doesn't make sense so they end up running away from the society and like they meet up with other people who also ran away and who don't um follow that and it's really interesting it's a four um book series and i've only read the first one mm. i have more to read i like wikipedia it so i already know what's gonna happen <laughs> oh my god you're one of those people that can't wait <laughs> like I, anytime i watch a movie or like a tv show like i always wikipedia because i'm like i want to know if it's worth my while uh, <laughs> so if i already know what's gonna happen like then at least I know like, okay, this is a good plot. It's going to be good. So I'll watch it. Cause it's still like, it's not, it doesn't, I feel like for me, it doesn't take away mm. from everything. Cause it's, you have the visual of like what you read. Mm. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So what's the last song you listened to? Oh, um, this is a song by Kali Uchi and Rico, Rico Nasty called Man Aquí Yo Mando. Mm. Like I've heard about like them separately before but like I listened to old music so I was like on Spotify yesterday and I was like like, like let me try to get new music so then I found her and I was like oh like I didn't even know how to pronounce her name until I Wikipedia her <laughs> so, I feel like every time I discover new music I'm like I feel like Columbus <laughs> like I never knew music but really like it's been out for like years <laughs> so you're so you and Wikipedia are like this you have a really tight relationship <laughs> I have the Wikipedia app on my phone, so it's like easy to just look things up. <laughs> if you could meet one person dead or alive, who would that be? Ooh, I feel like I would like meet like an ancestor, hmm. like someone in like in my family line from like I don't know back 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 in the day, because I feel like I don't really know too much about my family history. Like I only know up to like my grandparents, and then after that, like I don't know. Mm. anything else. I don't know like if we have any like cool things that you know people did so I feel like it would be nice to like be able to see like where do I come from like how deep do my roots go and like yeah that's cool you know. yeah that's cool me too like I would really like to see like 200 years ago 300 years ago 500 yeah. years ago yeah so tell us something that only a handful of people know about you um, I have a really short tongue. What? <laughs> like, my tongue goes up to, like, right here. What? Like, most people who see their tongue out, it's, like, it's long. And for me, I, I, I it's really short. And it, it's also connected at the bottom, so I can't really move it too much. Now I'm trying to, like, figure out how long my tongue is, like. Yeah, see, you t you could touch your, your, um, chin. Uh -huh. Mine. Oh. It touches the bottom of my lip. <laughs> That is a very interesting fact that probably nobody would know. Yeah. Also, I don't think I've ever really talked about the length of our tongues before. So thank you for that. <laughs> so let's talk about um, identity first. And um, how do you self-identify? Um, I identify as Mexican. I feel like, but for me, like, I feel like I'm, a very like a different type of Mexican than like the average Mexican. Cause like I wasn't really born into like a traditional Mexican family. Like we're not Catholic. We're not like a big family. We don't have parties and we don't do like all that kind of like 
things that you would think that like people like think of like Mexican culture like mm. I like I grew up around it but not really like in it so how does that I mean how does that play into your identity so you said you identify as Mexican but not a traditional Mexican like I feel like for me like growing up I never really had Latino friends mm. so I was like I'm Mexican my parents are Mexican like I lived in Mexico like I used to speak Spanish but like there's certain things that like I never really got to experience like I never had like Mexican friends and we never watched like Mexican shows together and I never really had anyone that I like could novelas with. yeah like I would do that on my own but I would never talk to anyone about them because I never had anyone to talk to about stuff like that mm. so for me like I had to like grow up and really like kind of like teach myself like about my culture and seek out ways to learn more about like who am I and I feel like growing up I was always like I don't know like who I am like I don't know what I like to do like you know how in school they will be like oh tell us something about yourself like what do you like to do for fun I was one of those people that was like don't ask me that like I don't know I don't know who I am like I don't know what I like and now like as I've gotten older like I feel like especially with my business like now I've met more Latinos and I'm like starting to really put myself in like a situation where I could really learn about like who I really am and like where I come from and even though like there's certain things I can't relate to like there's still things that kind of like bond all of us together because we're Latinos mm -hmm. we're Mexican mm -hmm. yeah definitely the commonality is um the being able to relate with one another even if it's just like the tiniest thing um it that even has a strong connection yeah like I like birria and I'm like, I'm all down for like the birria tacos that are like popular now. I know. I remember you eating those, well, at really, really big parties. <laughs> Just like, it was like every yeah. weekend we would eat birria. And then now it's like, oh, birria is popular. I'm like, uh, no, it was popular before. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like birria before was like one of those like things that it was like, it has to be a special occasion and it has to be like, yeah, it's a select when you eat it but now it's like you could have it every day so. yeah you're right because it was like for me it was kind of like part of my normal culture like it was kind of like a weekend thing though because we always had parties every weekend I mean even well not the past few months but <laughs> even now we still have parties every weekend so what does the term cultural identity mean to you I think it's um like the way that you take the experiences that you've had and how that's made you who you are. I feel like where we come from, it's important, but what's more important is the actual experiences that you've had. So like if you, if you're Mexican, but you never grew up around Mexicans, it's like, yeah, you, that's where your ancestry comes from. That's where your roots are, but you didn't experience it. So you, you really don't understand what it's like to be a part of that like culture and that and to have that be part of your identity like for me like I know what it's like to make tamales in the morning for Christmas I know what it's like to like live in Mexico um I lived there when I was in elementary school mm -hmm. so like stuff like that like I grew up around that culture and even though there were certain things that like I wasn't a part of I was still around it where in Mexico did you live mm -hmm. uh, San Juan de los Lagos Jalisco mm -hmm. Catholic town and my family was in Catholic 
Hmm. I was going to say that's known for like a lot of churches and saints yeah. and was San Juan visiting San Juan. Yeah. I think I've been there before when I was younger, like my family, they always talk about it. According to Wikipedia, it's the second biggest like um, tourist place for Mexicans to go because of La Virgen and the church and stuff. You crack me up with your Wikipedia. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> but I, I appreciate that you're citing it, <laughs> that you're referring to it. But that's really interesting. It's the second largest place or the second most popular place that like yeah. Mexicans people within Mexico travel to because yeah. then like the first one is obviously like the capital like yeah Efe, that's where Efe. all the big, big churches are but like San Juan is the second mm. and like I never knew that like even growing up there I was just like oh this is one of like the places people go but I didn't know how like important it was and like how much people really like like going there and yeah I I grew up Catholic. I was raised Catholic. Um, I don't practice it now, and we're not really raising our kids like that. Not in the way that I was raised. Um, but we do talk about like saints and things like that, and we do have people in our family have religious ceremonies that we participate in. Um, but it is really interesting that your family is from San Juan de los Lagos and you live there, but you're not Catholic. That is so unique. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about your business. Can you tell us, like, you? it's called Rising Monarchs. Tell us what do you sell? Where do you sell it? Tell us, tell us the story. Like, what, where did that idea come from? Like, how did it all come about? Um, well like the business side of it like that's I grew up in a like I come from a family of business owners and mm -hmm. and I remember my dad told me that one day like I think it was probably before he had kids or maybe we were little he cleared out his um garage and took everything to the flea market and saw that like he could really make money so he was like this is what I'm gonna do so that's where I that's what I grew up doing like we would go to the flea market on the weekends and sell things and then when we moved to Mexico, we um, we we were vendors, and like on the weekends we would go to like the plaza and sell um, little like ornaments and stuff and like souvenirs, and mm -hmm. it was mostly like things like, items that your family made, um, like craft items. Some of them, like my dad used to make these CDs, and like in one side it would be like an image of a saint or like a Vitan, and he would like cut them out himself like with like silly scissors. And like glue them onto the CD and then put like a like epoxy on top and then on the other side he would um, screen print um, a prayer and then people would stick them to their windshield of their cars and we mm. sold it in bulk and like we would have like in my house we would have uh, assembly lines it would be like my siblings and my parents and like we would be putting this um, CDs together and then we my dad would sell them to like wholesale to other vendors and we would also sell them ourselves so wow. that yeah and we That's would such a unique item i've never really like heard about that but like now that you're saying that i think about driving in mexico especially in in jalisco that's where my family's from and seeing like there's always like santos or something in the cars but i've always seen this like iridescent thing i'm like maybe that's what i would see is the cds i just never really realized what it was yeah 
probably because I'm pretty sure like my dad wasn't the one that invented them, but I, he like took the idea and like made it better. And like I still I actually he brought me a bag full of them and they're like in the closet. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with them. I don't have a car, so they're just kind of sitting there. <laughs> oh, but that's so cool. So you grew yeah. up, yeah, you grew up with that, like the whole vending life and creating and selling and making a living, yeah. And then when we came back from Mexico, my dad went back to the flea market, but like we were older then. And like, you know, when you're when you're like a teenager, you don't want to spend the weekends, you know, working, yeah. So, yeah. like, after that, we just kind of, he kind of did that on his own, and then we just did our own thing. And then, uh, um, when I was in sixth grade, my neighbor was like, oh, you should check out MySpace. So, MySpace was, like, a big thing. It was 2006. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I, that, it, that was, like, the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Like, I was like, this is, like, I love this. So, I would spend all day long, like, designing layouts for my account like I would design design things for other people but my, like I grew up with technology so I always knew how to use a computer but my dad was very strict on like you you could use a computer for an hour but you have to do this typing program for 30 minutes before and you can't be on the computer for too long so I would like find ways to use a computer longer <laughs> and I I, when people would be like you're so creative like you should like be a graphic designer and I was like my parents are not gonna buy me a program so I could spend all day on the computer like there so I used to um use paint like you know like on on pcs like the program and mm -hmm. I yeah paint, the program like, paint uh-huh horrible quality and like but I figured out a way to make it look nice because I was like this is the only thing I have and then I downloaded, um, it was some like free software I found, it's called PhotoFilter, which was like super bootleg version of Photoshop. And I used <laughs> to make stuff. And then if there was like, and then I also like, I really like using my hands. So I would like print pictures out and I would like cut out construction paper and like the things that I couldn't make on the computer because I didn't have Photoshop, I would make it like with paper. Mm. And then then eventually my space died and then like oh, I didn't really have any anything to really like really release my creativity until after I graduated from college and I moved back home and I was like super depressed because I was like I don't want to be here like I was living on my own I left San Francisco because I didn't want to like live at home and then like I was back here and then I felt like I left San Francisco when I was 18 and I was I was really young and I came back when I was 23 but I feel like in those five years like I grew so much and I changed so much so it's like I feel like I don't fit in here anymore like I don't have any friends here like everyone's just doing their own thing so one day I decided like you know what I'm good I need to figure out a way to like not be depressed anymore and like actually like take control of my life and figure out something that's gonna make me happy and I started thinking, like, when was I, like, what part of my life was, like, the happiest? And I was, like, I was happy when I was in sixth grade, like, on MySpace, when I was taking woodshop classes, when I was taking art classes. And I was, like, that's when I was the happiest, when I was creating stuff, when I was making things. That's so such decided, an like, enlightened, that's, like, a very, very enlightened, like, point of view, or that's, 
I mean, to go from feeling like really depressed or not being motivated or, you know, have no inspiration to do anything and feeling out of place and you yourself, it was like you're, you were your own uh, motivational coach yeah. <laughs> and your own slash therapist slash coach to get you out of whatever. But yeah. But, but it wasn't really to get you out of, it was more to like have a reason, like yeah. a purpose, like a purpose yeah. to do something, right? Yeah, because like for me, like- I so good, like, good for life, you. Like, you know, life is a journey, like from kindergarten to after you, to college, you have like steps that you're gonna take. Like, you know, after kindergarten, you go to first grade and the second grade. So after I graduated college, I was like, well, from here till I die, like there's no, road like there's nothing like I have to figure out what I'm gonna do so I was like might as well like do something that I'm that's gonna make me happy because I mean you know like there's nothing yeah, that's so important yeah so I decided to take my tax return money and I was like all right like I'm gonna fulfill my childhood dreams of, of having photoshop and actually creating <laughs> so I did that and I was like I want something that I can make myself so I thought I was going to make the stickers by my, myself. So I bought a Cricut. I bought sticker paper. I like invested money into all these different supplies. And I was like, this is not the quality I like. Like I wouldn't buy this. So I'm not going to sell this to people. So I started like looking online and I was like, all right, well, stickers are, they're cheap investments. They're cheap to make and they're you know, cheap to sell and they're small. So I was like, you know, this works. So I spent a lot of time going, like I Googled, custom stickers and I every single like website that came up I ordered samples and mm -hmm. I was like I don't like these like the quality just isn't what I want until I found sticker meal and I was like all right like I like this this is cool like their quality is good I like the way they feel and then I just started spending my free time just designing things and googling different tutorials to figure out like how to make stuff and then I told my family like, oh, I'm gonna start a business. And they were all super supportive because they've done it before. So they were like, all right, cool. Like you're gonna have your own thing. And then I started my Instagram. I started posting things. And then in, I officially started in July, 2018. And then I started doing events and then just, it kind of just grew on its own with time. So you've been doing this for two years now. Yeah. Yeah, and I pretty much have seen kind of like seen you from the beginning and you've grown a lot, like not just you've grown as a business owner, you've grown as an artist, you've grown as um, just your business has grown too. like also the products that you offer have grown like that's so it's like I'm so proud of you like it's so everything that you've been doing is so good and like I thank you for sharing like how you researched and you know like you put in the work ahead of time because a lot of people think that when you start a business you just like oh I'm gonna start a business tomorrow and then you just put it out there that you start a business but there's a lot of work that happens before business actually launches and um, I remember when I first saw your stickers I was like oh my god these stickers are really really good quality they're like one of the best qualities that I've seen um, and they're also like really, they're designed well too. Um, 
So this is like a really interesting business because initially the problem that you are solving is your own personal fulfillment problem. Yeah. But it has like blossomed into, it just has blossomed into something else. Yeah. And like for me, like I would see different like um, Instagram little shops and I was like, all this stuff is like either super, super Mexican or like super Latina, like, um, or it's really like American. And I was like, there's all these like quotes that like, like all this English stuff that I'm like, I don't really relate to that, but also like this stuff is super like Mexican and I don't relate to that either. So I wanted something that was like in the middle. Like every single sticker that I've designed, like it's not like random stuff that I find. It's like, it's stuff that like at some point in my life I could connect to that design. Yeah. I've had this conversation with you before about how people look at stickers and they give this such like this immediate reaction to the stickers like there's nostalgia there's happiness like people's like emotions come out when they see your stickers yeah like I've seen it like at the vendor events I've seen it happen I've seen people like oh this like even my own kids have like oh I like this sticker I want it you know it just it's like it's a part of them like there are these symbols and beautiful art that we have such a connection to yeah and I feel like as time has gone on like now the world changes so much with like technology and the internet like things don't stay new for very long and I feel like mm-hmm. with, I'm like I want something that's like gonna be timeless like mm-hmm. thicker like it's really good quality so it's gonna last a long time even if it's something that's new like when it's not new anymore, like that sticker's still gonna look nice in the water bottle you put it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually can attest to that. Mm-hmm. I have had water bottle. Uh, I have had stickers on my water bottle that have faded. I have had others that literally just like turn into paper and have just disintegrated. But yours are still there, <laughs> and they're still beautiful. I even put one of your stickers on my a coffee mug. I have these like plain coffee mugs, and I put some on there. I'm just like, I love it. So it's not just on my water bottles. It's my coffee mug, my laptop, um, lots of different places. And it's just like it's a nice little piece of art, you know. You everywhere you look, my everyday thing. I can see like it puts a smile on my face where it it evokes some sort of emotion right yeah I love it so so you you started to explain how like you couldn't really identify with some of the stickers out there um so how does your cultural identity affect the way you run your business or affect the way that you design your stickers I'm like for me I want something that doesn't just speak to me but like it speaks to people from all walks of life. Like when I do like Mercado Latinx and Mercajete Dominguero, those, they're geared more towards the Latino community, but there's still people who aren't Latinos that show up to those events and they might not relate to all the stuff that's out there, mm-hmm. but like my stickers, even maybe they won't relate to the ones in Spanish, but there's English ones that they will. And like the Boli sticker, every, mm-hmm. everybody that has seen it, like they n- know what it is regardless of mm-hmm. who they are because it's not mm-hmm. even though like for us as Latinos like it's something that was special for us like when we were young like it was special for other people too and it connects yeah everyone. even my kids even my kids who are kids right now still really are related to it 
Yeah. And like I I wanted to be able to connect like the American culture that we live in and like the Mexican culture that I grew up with and that that's where my family comes from and that's where my roots are. Mhm. Because I feel like a lot of times people like especially us like you know coming from immigrant families like a lot of our culture can get lost when you come yeah. to a different country and you have to like sometimes you just can't have the same um like traditions or like do things the same way that you would do them in your country. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, they get kind of like lost in translation like people maybe people don't understand it over here so then we start like saying certain things or doing certain things cuz then things are not available here and you know the other countries yeah i i get that yeah so um how easy or difficult was it for you to find what you needed to start your business so you said you um you used your tax return money to buy some computer programs at, or no but also you bought like cricket first you were doing crafting yeah and then you had the support of your family um it like the financial part was hard cuz i was working at a part-time job at the time and i was also paying my student loans so i was like i was uh, like i would have to like save up every paycheck i was like okay right, $10 here $20 there then i wasn't making a lot of money so i didn't have a lot to um spend but also like i'm really grateful that i live at home so my mm-hmm. financial responsibilities weren't super extreme like i don't have to pay rent i don't have to pay bills I don't drive so I don't have a car that I have to spend money on. So I um like all my little extra money I had, I just put it into my business. So th- that was kind of tough, but like as far as like finding supplies and stuff, like I'm really tech savvy. So I was able to like Google things and try to figure out like what what's the best, you know, sticker place to get stickers that like I know how to look things up. Um and if I don't know how to do something, like I love a challenge and I love learning and I'm really impatient. So if I don't know how to do something, I'm like I'm not going to like sit there and wait for someone to help me. Like I'm going to figure it out cuz I'm going to mm-hmm. learn how to do this thing that I don't know how to do. So for me like like it was easy to kind of like figure out like the designing stuff like well I don't know how to design this but I want to do this design. So let me look up a tutorial on YouTube or let me Google this and find someone's blog where they talk about it. And now I'd like to take a little break. Do you want to sponsor a relate and elevate podcast episode? Check out the media kit on my website with all the details about sponsoring a 15-second ad, a 30-second ad, or sponsoring an entire episode. Click on the link in the show notes of this episode or click on the link in my Instagram bio at Giselle's World. And your business or organization could be in the next episode of Relate and Elevate. So you started this business fresh out of college with a full-time job and very low resources. And now, two years later, (laughs) you have like... I have no job and I have a business. So you don't have a full-time, you've transitioned into a full-time business owner. Yeah, so I had a part-time job working at an after-school program. Then I was like, all right, like I'm not making any, really any money and I want to like 
I, I can't financially like build a foundation for myself. So I got a full-time job and then I was like, okay, this is cool. But then there was like the behind the scenes of the job that I was like, I don't like having people tell me what to do. I don't like <laughs> having to deal with like a boss and a supervisor and yeah. that job ended up like not working out. So I got laid off in January and I was like, you know what? It sucks not having a job, but it, it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. And like for me, like I always knew that this is what I wanted to do, but I was always scared because I was like, I want stability. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to like know that like if I'm clocking into this job every day, I'm going to get paid the exact same amount every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I know I have money coming in and having that like security. But then afterwards I was like with my own business, financially like no I can't live off of it yet but I don't have anyone telling me what to do and I don't have anyone like telling me that I'm doing things wrong like I could move at a pace that works for me and I could really turn my business into anything I want yeah yeah that's so great I I really commend you for doing that it is scary but you know what you're proof I'm proof there's so many other people out there that there it there's a lot of proof <laughs> that this concept works. Like oh, yeah. we don't need full-time jobs and we don't need part-time jobs to make a living. There are a lot of other ways that we can make a living and be happy about it. And like, that's the point. That's the part that like really was just getting to me. I'm like, why am I getting up every single day mm-hmm. going somewhere where I literally would go to the bathroom just to cry just because that's how unhappy I was there. It's not... Yeah, like, I, when I was working, I would go to the bathroom to be like, let me just take a break from these people. Like, I, I don't want to deal with them, so let me go to the bathroom and just, like, be alone and then go back and, um, but yeah, like, for me, like, my dad was always like, you need to go to school, you need to, like, get a good grade. But I was like, you didn't go to school, so you didn't go, get a good grade, and you're fine, so, like, why do I need to get a good grade? But, like, for me, I wanted, like, a sense of, like, normal. So I was, like, I'm going to go to college. Uh-huh. And also, I was, like, a way for me to be able to leave my house. So I was, like, if I don't go to college, I'm never going to move out. Mm. So in college, I was, like, all right, like, I don't know what I want to study. So I ended up um, majoring in sociology. And I was, like, this is, it's cool. It's something that, like, if I ever felt like I wanted to have, like, a job, like, I would enjoy what I'm doing, like what I would be doing with this degree. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, I was like, I have this college degree now. I'm like, but I'm not like happy because it's so broad. And like for me, like I hate options. Like I don't like having to choose. So I'm like, if I, if I would have gotten like a nursing degree, then I'm like, you become a nurse. Or like if you get an engineer degree, you become an engineer. For me, I was like, I could do anything with this degree now and like there's so many options that is like overwhelming that's so interesting that you say that you don't like options because you wanted to quit your job but then you didn't and then you got laid off so like that option was made for you it was almost like if the universe was just like fine you're not gonna choose it we're gonna choose it for you and just make it happen yeah (laughs) colleges I was like I applied to um for CSUs and I was like I don't I, I only want to get accepted into one like I don't want to have to choose and then I got accepted just into one and I was like all right like I don't have to choose <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, 
then I start overthinking like, well, if I go to this school or if I go to that school, or if I do this or that, and I'm like, it just becomes too much to where like, I stress myself out and then like, I don't, I end up not doing anything. So I'm like, if things are just chosen for me, I'm like, I just trust the universe and you know, this is what I'm going to do. It's, it's like so powerful to be able to trust the universe like that. It It is scary because we feel like, I, at least for me, I'm, I've been like trained to like have control and, and, you know, like make things happen. But like, we, we do have to do our part to make things happen, but we also have to trust. And what you just said right now is so powerful. Like just trust the universe and let it happen. It's, a lot of us need to be doing a lot more of that. <laughs> That's just what I've. Yeah. I mean, it's been hard for me because, like, I'm such an overthinker, and I'm like, I'm like, I want to trust that, like, the universe got me, but I'm like, but what if it's wrong? What if, like, yeah, you know? But then I'm like, no, like, it's okay. Even if, even if I get this whole thing wrong, there's so much that I've learned and so much that I've grown that, like. I could do something else and I'm a better person now than I was before. So I could, if my business completely falls apart, I could pick myself up and do something else and be successful at that. Yeah. I think it's our own expectations that really like it's our, it's our own expectations that really lead to not wanting to trust the universe because you just said like, what if, what if this fails and the universe says, okay, you're supposed to fail. But like, we have to trust the universe that we're supposed to fail in this right now because then something else is coming that we needed because there was something we needed to learn from it. Even though we don't like it, I think that's the part. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the part that we don't like the feeling of it. We don't like when we're going through it, but then something else comes, you know? Yeah. I feel like nowadays too, like with social media, like people see all like the positive stuff. Like, you'll see a, a business on Instagram, like, booming, but then you don't see, like, the behind the scenes, like, what is the owner going through? Like, what is the owner, like, what challenges are they facing with their business? Yeah. And I feel like, for me, like, I would see all these businesses on Instagram, and I'm like, they're so successful. And I'm like, they're, to me, to my standards, I feel like they're successful, but, like, now, like, being on this side and being a business owner, I'm like, people tell me, like, oh, your business is so successful, and I'm like, but it's not like not to me. I feel like I, there's certain things that I haven't reached yet, but people don't see that. Yeah. Because like people see like our business on social media or on the, like our websites and stuff, and they don't see like the behind the scenes and like what really goes into putting all of this on and like being able to really like push yourself. What if we only saw ourselves in the eyes of those, of those social media followers that only saw the perfect side of us i feel like that would make people like i feel like people wouldn't be haters and they wouldn't like no one would be like miserable everyone would just be happy and because then they they're like they would be positive yeah like we'd be focusing on the good stuff like this happened even though even though my goal is to get here but this happened like we're still on a stepping you know like we're still on the way to get to our goals yeah I think that I really do think that every day that you're running a business whether it be part-time side hustle whether you're working on creating a business 
whether you've launched it, every day that you're working on a business is a successful day. Not just that, every yeah. day that you're doing something that makes you happy is a successful day. Yeah, and I feel like that's the most important thing. Because like, if you really think about it, like after you know, you're done with school or whatever, or whatever you decide to do, like from that point until you die, like what are you gonna do with your life? Are you gonna be just miserable? Like, and sometimes money doesn't equal happiness. Like you could be at a job where you're making so much money and you're able to have so many material things, but it's not something you enjoy, you enjoy doing. So it's like, you go home and you're like, you're not happy with what you're spending your time on, but you have money. And sometimes when you're, when you're a business owner, you're happy doing what you're doing, but you don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like being able to find the, like, that middle of like where financially, like you're stable and also you're happy, but like not putting emphasis on one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about running our businesses, like what, for you, what's your favorite technological tool that you use for your business? Um, my laptop that's like I feel like my laptop if that's if something else ever happened to my laptop like I don't know how my business would um, survive do you have a backup you should I have a backup hard drive you should definitely go on yeah with like 30 40 bucks maybe 50 bucks (laughs) I have one because I like I play sims so I and I have a lot of like um, files so I wanted to transfer like my game into the hard drive but then like I just couldn't figure it out and then I was like you know what like you'll you'll but, figure yeah. it out you'll wikipedia and you'll figure it out I know you will <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um if you could have done something different what would that have been um I feel like I would have slowed down what do you mean because I feel like like, I'm really, really impatient. Like, I don't like waiting for anything. Like, even when I order things online, I'm like, if I have to wait, like, for the next day, I'm like, that's 24 hours I have to wait. <laughs> like, I'm really impatient to, for my business because I was looking at businesses that were already, like, established and already had, like, a lot going on for themselves. I was like, that's where I want to be. Like, I want to go straight from, like, point A to point B. So, like, for me, I was like, really rushing myself to like put out all these stickers and like make all these designs and then I got to the point where I was like most of this stuff like it's either I don't like it it was rushed or it's just ugly so I went back and like started redesigning stickers and I'm like if I would have just taken my time then I would have not have spent so much money so fast and also like I would have not been as stressed out because I feel like with every new sticker, I'm like, I'm buying all these stickers. And then I feel pressured to have to sell them to get my money back, to be able to buy more stickers. Mm. And then I'm stressed out if I'm using like my personal money instead of like my business money. And but yeah, like I definitely would have just slowed down and also and just planned out things more. So right now, so you started selling stickers. It, I've seen, I've seen yeah. within the past year or so. And even recently you started adding new things. So what, what is it, everything that you sell? So I have, I started with stickers, then I did um, a couple of enamel pins. Mm -hmm. So I have those. And then I started making acrylic keychains. 
So I have a, I have a bunch of those. Also. You make them yourself, I, or you they're made somewhere else for you. So I get them from Sticker Mill, the same place I get mm -hmm. my stickers, and I just put like in the back since the back, like you could scratch it off, and then like the design will come off. So I figured out a way to like protect the back with um gel, like mm -hmm. the UV by pure thing. So I do that, and then I like put the little keychain thing on them myself. Mm. I have a bunch of those and then I have like little um I have like a tote bag that I got made and I have a little pouch mm -hmm. and I have a new notebook for me like I always really like journaling mm, and I really me like too I saw that I was like yes like oh, I what is in the inside of the journal I love what it's just on the outside can you tell us what is it on the outside it says um grow through what you go through I, love I feel it. like that's it's really important like when you're going through something even though it might be like a painful situation there's things that you you have to just switch your point of view and find what you what you have to learn from that experience and i feel like especially with this pandemic like people have so much time alone to where now they're starting to really like their mental health is it might be affected because they're being stuck inside like that's not you know for some people it might not work yeah so I wanted to just it's just a notebook it's just um line paper um line paper but I decided to um add like journal entries that are like self-care and like mental health and stuff because that's what what really worked for me yeah me like too. I, I do journaling like almost every single day pretty much like I love yeah. it I love that you added that yeah, like for me, I'm not really like a kind of person like I can't just go in and write about like what happened today. So I like to have like a question on like and like it's stuff like who's somebody that you admire and like when you're writing about that, like then you start thinking like what values do I admire? Why do I admire this person? Like what do I see in them that I don't have and stuff like that. So I added um journal, little prompts, and then a pen. So I have that. That's my newest product. I love it. And it's so pretty. I love the colors too. It's like this golden yellow. I love it. Yeah. So can you share some advice for anyone with a culturally specific business or business idea? I think definitely like do something that you're passionate about and like find something that it's, that's truly unique. Cause I feel like what I've seen is a lot of people, especially now like lashes are really popular. And I'm, lashes. Oh, okay. I'm like, if you're all selling lashes, like what makes your lashes special? Like, is it just the box that it has your name and not the other person's name? Like, what about it? Like, is good. You know, what I mean, like, make something that's gonna stand out. So I feel like if you're doing something that is just that other everybody else is doing, then there's really like, you're not gonna be as happy. You're not gonna be as successful because you're just gonna fall into the cracks and like you're gonna blend in with everyone else. Yeah, I mean, it is important to follow trends, like if you want to sell lashes because people are buying them now. I think I read somewhere that the sales of mascara has actually decreased in the past few years because a lot more people are wearing lashes. Yeah. So like, that's really important to follow the trends, but you're so right. Like, what is going to make your lash business different than the other, that the other ones that are out there? Yeah, and I feel like if you're going to do something that's like, centered like in a culture it has to be something that's 
like you can't make something that you don't yourself don't understand like you can't decide mm. like well i'm gonna go and do like something that center in like Chinese culture but you're not Chinese yourself and you you that's not the culture you grew up in so it's like you mm. don't really understand the meaning behind certain things yeah so you have to have like some sort of it's good to have some sort of connection with the product those like um the Mexican blankets and people are like these are yoga blankets I'm like those are Mexican blankets like people just happen to sell them oh like, like the setup of blankets yeah. Yes. So they started selling them as yoga. But yeah, you're so right. Every time I go to a yoga studio, I'm like, why do they have all these Mexican set up in blankets here? You're right. And now people are saying, oh, they're yoga blankets. You know, this made me think of something. Um, one time there was this new taqueria that opened up around here. And it's called, I think it's called like Tortilla Joe's or something like that. And I'm like, that is so such a weird name. But anyway, so we went there. And then you know, the people that were cooking and serving were Mexican, but somehow there was this, there was this like Asian man, I believe he was Chinese. And he was just standing there, like in the kitchen staring. And then I found out that like he was the owner and I'm like, this is so weird and awkward. Like, obviously this is a business decision for him, but like, I don't know, within a year or so it closed down and it doesn't even exist anymore. I'm like, that just goes to your point like you need to have some sort of connection or cultural co- connection or be re- it, it for it to be relevant to you so that you can understand the products or the services that you're putting out there yeah it's like, really important well, to connect to it because like yeah something like that like you go and you're like oh i thought this was mexican food but it's not like the mexican food that you know you eat at your grandma's house so it's like you know like you could go to chipotle for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yep. And it's just easy pickup service on an app. <laughs> so um, if you had no constraints, would you start another business? Yeah, I, I, I have so many like ideas for so many different businesses that I would love to do. But if I had no money constraints, I would be just like a serialpreneur. Like what? Could you share some of those ideas you had? Um, Like the biggest idea I have, like for me, since like, I feel like my like economic situation growing up prevented me from really like being able to um, like pursue my passion early on. Mm -hmm. Like I would want to have like a community center or like a place where kids could go and they could explore their talents so that they don't have to wait till they're older or not pursue those talents at all because they you know end up doing other stuff like a like arts a media center yeah that's cool and like have woodshop classes and like um pottery and you know ceramics and stuff because i feel like that also like would prevent so much crime and so many like negative things from happening yeah because if you're busy like painting something you're gonna be too busy to go be in the streets you know doing bad things yeah yeah that's so true I mean that's why YMCA and all of those all of those youth programs are really really important and they are successful but yeah accessibility is a big problem and you know not having access to things that 
you want to do, like not having access to having a creative outlet is, is like so, like it's so disheartening. Like it's, it seems like it could be something that's so easy to do, you know, but it's like yeah. not. A lot of kids and a lot of people don't have access to a lot of things that are so easily accessible to the rest of the world. And like, and you never know, like, what your talent could lead into. Like, there's so many different ways that you could use, um, like, your skills to do different things. Like, I saw on Twitter, someone said that, like, Snoop Dogg would be a really good sushi chef <laughs> because he's a lot of weed, so he's good at rolling. And someone said, well, this is, like, transferable um, skills. Yes. Like, you could go, like, he learned, he really learned how to smoke weed and how to roll, so he could he could become a really good sushi chef. And like, you know, it's, that's still something that, you know, it uses the same skill set. Well, he's definitely transferring his skills of rap and music to banda music. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like collaborating with banda MSA and that's so cool. <laughs> really, yeah. he loves banda music. Yeah, like someone who's like a graffiti artist and you're like tagging a building. So you could, I think, isn't that illegal? Uh, yeah, you need permission to be able to put on a property, yes. If you're, you know, if you're doing, like... The graffiti, graffiti. The, the actual art of graffiti is not illegal, but the not having permission yeah. to, you know, do art on someone else's property, that's... The yeah, um, that, maybe they don't know that you need permission. They don't know how to get permits and stuff, but they have the skills. You could become, a, like, you could paint murals. Mm -hmm. You could, like, be um, Luis from Artes Luna. You could be a competition. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, paper and stuff. Like, you could turn your skills and make something that you're successful in and that's positive. Yeah, or you can be a graphic designer. You can put it in a computer program um, or an iPad, like, and be an illustrator and be a graphic designer. You know, those are transferable. You can, you know, be an independent contractor to do that. There's so many different things. You're so right. I like how you brought that up, the transferable skills. That is so important because, you know, when I was younger and like the generations before me, it was all about you have to work in this one industry because your expertise lies in the industry. And now our our workforce, the the way that the workforce works is so different. It's not about having expertise in an industry it's about honing in on specific skills that are transferable just like you said having transferable skills that can move across different industries and putting together a team of people with the specific skills and not necessarily the having the expertise in the specific industry that's yeah like the world is now work, right like there's back in the day people would work at the exact same place for like 45 years until they retire and, like, and then that's it and then it's like that's it like you didn't like that didn't get boring like every single day yeah for 45 doing the exact same thing yeah i also think but that like, us who grew up with more technology um have more of like a instant gratification type of practice in our lives and we can see that like doing something different gives us different results and then we can apply it somewhere else and how 
it's not really like a long haul marathon when it comes to having a job. Like jobs and careers don't really exist for us in our generation and the future generations. It really is about the skills that you have. Yeah, and I feel like even like with college, like if you get a degree in one thing, you don't you're not stuck to that thing that you study. Like you could have a degree in one thing and then go do something else. Yeah. And or that combines the two. Yep. I mean that's what I did. I have a degree in an international business and then my master's is international education. And I even have a certificate in um, immigrant literacies. So like, that's why I have, I put all these things together and that's why I love to talk about business and talk about learning. And so I put this, all of it together and like, how can business owners learn about business? How can I teach? And also talk about culture and cultural identity and how that's so important. Like all of these things together. Like at one point I wanted to become like a ethnic studies professor. Um, but now I own my own business talking about cultural identity and entrepreneurship and teach people how to run their business. So it's like there was never a job description out there that described this that I knew about it beforehand, you know? Yeah. And like if there's no job out there, then make it. Yeah. Make your own job. Yeah. I mean, did you ever think that you were going to be a... Uh, the founder of Rising Monarchs, a sticker um, and apparel company. I feel like for me, like deep in me, I knew that this is something that I could do, but I was always very scared to like take that first step. Mm. Like even telling my, like my friends and my family that I want to start a business. Like I was like overthinking it. Like what if they think this is whack? What if they don't, <clears throat> what if they don't support it? What if they don't, what if, you know, they don't think that this is something that I could do. But then I was like, I had to like force myself to be like, no, like you're going to do this. Like if you want to do this, you're going to do it. And then when I told everyone, everyone was super supportive. Yeah. And like when I was doing pop-ups, like even though for me, like the pop-up world isn't new, like this was me doing it on my own. Yeah. And I had to like tell myself, like, if you fail, then you fail. But if you don't fail, then you're good and things worked out well that's so cool how like you went full circle like you started a vendor life as part of like your family and in mexico and here and then you know you grew up and now you're living the vendor life making a living for yourself that's so cool yeah so tell us where can people find you like What's your website? What social media platforms are you located? I know you used to do a lot of vendor pop-ups, but are you doing any virtual ones? Um, not right now. Like I don't, I don't like doing like lives on Instagram. So like I try to, like, I usually type everything out on like stories. But then I thought like I don't know if people actually read all that. <laughs> so like I, but like yeah, I feel like I'm too shy to do like lives. So I've done a couple pop-ups, but I don't have anything planned. I just have my Instagram at Rising Monarchs and I have my website, risingmonarchs.com. So that's where I sell stuff. I also have an Etsy, but I don't really update it. I just kind of have it there just for like the things that do sell, like they just renew on their own and 
Mm. I don't have to really worry about it. Mm. Yeah, I know. I saw that your website got a whole new makeover. It looks beautiful. Yeah. I I didn't know anything about building a website. Yeah. So I was like, I've like been looking at different businesses and like, and I, businesses that, and I'm like, oh, I like this website. I like the way that they have this. I have, I like the way that this person did that. So I like try to combine different things that I see in other people and like kind of make, make it my own. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So. I just kind of yep. been figuring it out. Figure it out. And we always have Google and Wikipedia to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your story and having these mm-hmm. wonderful conversations. Um, so everybody, please go shop risingmonarchs.com. Follow her on Instagram. And... They're really beautiful. So many different colors. Tell me, what tell, what is your favorite sticker? Um, right now, I have a couple. Like, I really like the um, Yo Perreo Sola sticker. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, that speaks to, like, me and, like, who I am. Like, I'm such a loner. And I'm like, I am, like, a one-woman, you know, like, wolf pack. Like, <laughs> I like being alone. And also, I really like um, grow through what you go through. Because I feel like, I really did that. Like I, everything that I've gone through in life, like I've always found like a bigger meaning to it. And I'm like, I learned this about myself from this situation, or I learned how to like deal with a, a problem because I went through, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my favorite, favorite one. And I really like making yellow stickers for some reason. Cause I feel like that like mangoey goldy golden yellow mm-hmm. like it just it pops okay your fruit stickers are so pretty they look so real like they look like a juicy fruit that I just want to take a bite out of <laughs> but my favorite like, stickers that- are um my favorite stickers are spiritual gangster like I had to put that on my coffee mug I really love it I love the nopal the little cactus with the fruta a lot of the times you don't see the 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 tunas the fruta on the nopales and i like the colors um i know my kids have a lot of your stickers too <laughs> like the boba pizza avocado we have a lot of flowers i feel like i have your sunflower the rose yeah we we have a lot of your stickers <laughs> they're so pretty and they're really really great quality so everybody please go shop um and um go shop and tag her on instagram and thank you so much teresa for um sharing your story and thank you so much for starting this business because i don't think that we can ever have enough stickers in our lives i agree (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to relate and elevate find me on instagram at giselle's world and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com, and please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.